Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. And today I have a very special guest with me, and that would be me. This is going to be a solo episode today, and I think this is a very important message to put out because it has been weighing very, very heavily on my heart as of late, and I want to tell you some things that have gone on in my life um, that have been quite the emotional struggle here as of late but how uh, leading through grace and dignity and your purpose um, is the message in all of this. And it has been so heavy on my heart to put this out, not for any other reason than hopefully it touches the hearts and the minds of the people that it was meant for. Um, And you can get something out of this episode to hopefully use in your own life and go forward in the things that are uh, troubling you. So with that being said, I want to give you a little background uh, history for people that are new or maybe people that have not heard the uh, history of my family and when it started to basically fall apart. So Um, my parents were married, uh, it's been, I don't know, 62, 63 years now. And so several years ago, my parents separated, they did not divorce, but they separated because my dad promised, uh, my parents' best friends that they would take care of their friend's daughter should something ever happen to them. She is um, mentally challenged and um, has a lot of uh, physical ailments and such. And so my father has been very good at uh, taking care of this girl. And it upset my mother to the point where she said either stop taking care of her or I'm going to leave. And I want you to know, um, this was a challenge in itself because my dad and I are very, very much alike in the aspect that we serve a purpose for a higher power and that we are here basically to serve other people. So that's why my parents separated. Now, my daughter lives in the same town as my parents in Indiana. And so um, this whole situation pissed my mom off. She became very angry, uh, very resentful toward my dad, very hateful, in turn, very hateful with me because my dad and I are also (laughs) very similar type uh, people that would give you the shirt off of their back. And so first, my mom uh, distanced herself from me because I went to D.C. in a journalist capacity. And so because she watches the national news, um, that automatically made me a terrorist in her mind. 
And so at that particular time, and pardon the language, but she told me to fuck off, that she never wanted to speak to me again. Um, so throughout time, I was trying to mend the relationship. I kept reaching out. It wasn't working. Um, and so, you know, I basically decided after, you know, a couple years of trying that I might as well just forget it because she doesn't want to have anything to do with me, no matter how hard, how hard I try. Um, and it's not like I was a different person. I've always been the same person and I've always had very different beliefs than, than what they do. And so as the years went on, uh, my mom was putting my daughter <clears throat> in the middle of her and my father's situation. And so my daughter would send me text messages about, uh, how hateful my mom was and, you know, my daughter's caught in the middle because she's trying to be, you know, <laughs> friends and love both of her grandparents equally. And so the second and final time that my mom basically told me to piss up a rope was because I told her to stop putting my daughter in the middle and using her as a pawn, that that was an appropriate behavior and that she had no business being in the middle of, of her emotional struggle, battles, whatever you want to call it. So for years, I did not speak to my mother. It was about four years that, that, you know, that there was no relationship there. So recently, uh, my daughter called me, uh, and, and this was in January and my mom had invited her to go out for my daughter's birthday. She was going to take her out for lunch. And so I get a phone call from my daughter, who is hysterical, telling me that when my mom took her for lunch, she said, I have some good news for you. And my daughter asked what that was. And my mother said, I have cancer and left it at that. So my daughter was devastated because um, she loves her grandmother, you know, and so she started struggling emotionally because of that. And so she asked me um, if I would come up to be with her. And one of the reasons why it was so emotional for her is because her other grandmother um, that was on her dad's side, she also got a call on her birthday years before that, found out that her other grandmother had also had uh, breast cancer. Um, on her birthday. So that's two birthdays, you know, that were absolutely awful. So my daughter was devastated, asked me if I would come up and be with her. And so I drove back to Indiana to spend time with my daughter to take care of her. I walked in the house and it literally looked like a national disaster inside of her house. Because she was so emotionally traumatized that she let things go. And so I am <laughs> cleaning her house, you know, cooking the meals, doing all kinds of things. And then she asked me if I wanted to go to my mom's with her. And I said, well, you better call her first and make sure she knows that I'm with you and see if that's okay. 
because I had the overwhelming uh, sense that I needed to be there for my mom, regardless of my feelings toward her at that particular time because of what she had put me through. And so we went over to my mom's house and it almost seemed like the relationship was mended. Uh, my mom was going through cancer diagnosis. And so she wanted me to be a part of her life. And so I had made all kinds of uh, natural products and things like that and, and take them up there uh, with the hopes that either I would see her or my daughter could give them to her. So when we went over, I, I gave my mom this big box of things that I brought and she seemed like she used to be, you know, happy, gentle, nice. So that angry, uh, hateful personality that had come out over the past several years had disappeared or so it seemed. And so, um, you know, we, we sat there and we talked for a very long time and she laughed and, you know, she had a good attitude about the cancer diagnosis. Later that evening, we went over to see my dad. And my father looked so frail and so broken and had so many signs of dementia. And because my mother had left him, uh, my dad's hoarding kicked into overdrive. There was, his house was so filthy, not a place to walk. Uh, there was no pathway. You could not uh, cook a meal in the kitchen. He was eating rotten food. I was finding food that was so rotten it was petrified. So I started to uh, clean his house. And emotionally, I was having a rough time because my daughter's struggling. My dad's health is failing. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. So I spent a week up there. Uh, just trying my hardest to do what I could for everybody in my family. Um, and it's it's hard to explain, but it's almost like when this whole situation happened between my mom and my dad, my mom did not understand having grace or dignity or patience or love or kindness for other people. And so it was almost like, our family tree started rotting from the inside out because the only relationships that were healthy were the relationship between my daughter and I. Um, during that same time, you know, my mom was telling my dad that, that I hate him and I don't want to have anything to do with them. And, you know, my, my daughter's trying to like hold my parents together and, like my mom poised my brother and his wife against me. It was, it was such a, it was such an interesting dynamic that was going on at that time. So trust me when I say I understand what it's like when you and your family members don't get along or you have to cut out family members for purposes or reasons for your own, um, uh, mental health. Um, and, and sometimes it's devastating to have those loss of relationships. So I completely get the struggle. But think of this. 
God didn't put us here to be unhappy. God put us here to be joyful and kind and loving and merciful toward other people. And sometimes when life happens, we get so involved in the selfishness of us and our own personality uh, that we cannot see the bigger picture in front of our face. Um, And when I say that, I truly mean that your emotions get so self-serving that you don't have time for other people. You don't care about other people as much as you should. You're not interacting. You're not hearing the messages, you know, that God send us on a regular basis. And I know that sounds really strange to some people, but you know, when you get that inkling that you need to call somebody or, you know, somebody crosses your mind and you think, oh, I should go see them or I should talk to them, but then you don't, that's because you're being self-serving. Those messages are, are put there um, for an absolute reason. So, Back to my story, you know, all of these things are going on with my family members and every single family member has been jib-jabbed, every single one. Um, My daughter held out the longest, you know, and even being in, in the healthcare field, she fought it for a long time and always won, but um, my mom Every, every jib jab, every booster, and so rapid onset cancer. So the week that I spent at home was basically a waiting game because we were waiting for her to go and have the surgery done to have the cancerous tumor removed, um, was breast cancer. So, you know, uh, waiting for her to go to the surgeon and stuff, which did not happen. Uh, while I was there. <clears throat> so uh, I came back home after spending a week up there and trying to take care of everyone. And the very next day after I came home, I get a call from my daughter again, absolutely frantic. Her boyfriend, whom she lives with, Uh, that they've been together for multiple years now, was cleaning a gun and actually shot himself on accident. Um, Forgot to take the round out of the chamber. And so shot himself, had to be rushed to the emergency room, had to go through surgery. Um, So trying to calm her down while I'm, you know, hundreds of miles away after just getting home from all the other trauma and things that were going on. So I had been home a week after all of these things took place, still waiting on my mom's biopsy results. And I get a phone call again that Kirsten's great-grandmother on her dad's side died. And Kirsten and her were very close. And so she asked me to come up and it was, it was a struggle for me. I knew I needed to go to be there for my daughter, but boy, did I not want to go because I have not seen 
my ex-husband's side of the family uh, for 22 years. And um, it wasn't a great, <laughs> it wasn't a great situation. There's a lot of um, anger, hatred, and ooh, a lot of history there. Um, and so the nerves kicked in and took over um, on my part. Like I said, I knew I was going to go up there, but uh, it was bringing up some deep-seated emotions that I had because not only uh, did her father sexually assault her, uh, but he also physically assaulted me on more than one occasion. So I was terrified to see him. I was terrified for my daughter to see him. Um, his brother has an angry temper as well. And I thought, oh my God, this is absolutely not going to go well. And it's going to be a fireworks show. And so I stupidly let fear take over my life and put me in a state of panic and worry. Um, was it founded? Yes. But it was also asinine because I believe in God and God did not instill us with fear. He has never put fear inside of our hearts. That is something that comes from our own emotions or when the devil is trying to take over. And so I started letting this and the worry of my mom and the worry of the funeral and how it was going to be seeing these people after 22 years and all of that, you know, and worried about my dad and literally worried about everything. And I am not a worrier, people. Um, I am usually so even keel, but there was so much piling up on me, you know, and thinking about if my mom does come back and it's, it's bad, like, um, I'm, I'm the furthest person away and who's going to take care of her and who's going to take care of my dad and who's going to be there all the time during this for Kirsten and, and what's going to happen at this funeral. And, you know, during that time, we had a, a friend of mine that was living with us. And so I was worried about, I am being a shitty friend. I'm not there enough because I have so much emotionally going on in my life. All these people uh, in my life depend on me. I'm not there the way I should be for my husband. Like I'm failing on every front. And I, I let it get to me so bad. And I'm driving home to Indiana again to go to this funeral. And I was praying so hard in the car about all of these things that were going on in my life. And I literally felt like I was drowning because there was so much. And I was to the point where I could not handle it anymore. And I'm almost in a trance, just praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden, I said, God, 
I literally cannot take anything else right now. I am giving you all of my problems because this is out of control and I am not functioning the way that I am meant to function. And I'm, you know, I'm letting my friends down who are calling me about, you know, personal issues that's going on in their lives. And I'm, I'm like there for them, but I almost feel like I'm an emotional, like void. Like there's so much trauma coming into my life and so many, you know, negative emotions and feelings and stuff. And I'm like, God, I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't take anymore. Just take all of my problems so that I can be there to serve my purpose and to serve other people like I always have been. And folks, I tell you what, it was like emotional vomit started just flowing out of me. I broke down into the most hysterical crying fit. It was hard to see while I was driving. And then it would stop. And then it would hit me again. And it happened three times in a row. And it almost felt like each time I was hearing, there's more. If you're not finished, I'm not done. Better things are yet to come. That's the words of a song. That song came on the radio. And I'll tell you what. It was like the most amazing emotional cleansing took place. It cleansed my soul just in time for me to get a text from my mother telling me that she was home from the oncology office. And that's all she said. And I knew. I knew it was bad because she didn't text anything else. She didn't say it was clear. I don't have to have treatment. None of that. And so God made room from all of the other emotional baggage. He packed that up and he literally threw that out my car window so that I would have the strength to talk to my mother. And I called her and I said, I know there's more involvement than uh, what you let on uh, to my daughter and to me before because you would not have just said, I'm home. Tell me what's going on. And so on that drive... After the emotional cleansing that took place, he made room for me to get more bad news from my mom. Uh, not only is it rapid onset cancer, but it has metastasized. Her lymph nodes are involved. And so I said, okay, when I get into town, I am coming directly to your house. Now, people, I want you to understand something. 
The week prior, when I was at her house, I thought she had mended the relationship, um, which is something that I had prayed for for a very long time, you know, that God would ease her burdens, that he would take the anger and hatred out of her heart, um, and that basically I could have my mom back. I was hearing from all kinds of relatives and things that my mom still wanted to know if I was the same kind of person that I was before uh, as far as her thinking I'm a terrorist, I have different political beliefs. And so when I thought the hatchet was buried, it wasn't. Um, it was still partially sticking out of the ground. And I kid you not, after talking to her on the phone and telling her that I was going over to her house to be with her, when I got in town, I knew that I was doing something that was above self because putting aside the emotional uh, baggage of how she felt about me personally, because, you know, I'm a nice person and a, a good person and a genuine person, and she doesn't like me because we differ politically and we differed on the vaccinations and, and everything else. I thought, you know what? I'm going to put all of that aside. I am going to be the bigger person. And I went straight to her house and I'm like, okay, tell me everything. I read her biopsy report and I said, okay, we're going to solve this as it comes. When do you go back to the cancer doctor? When do we find out, you know, what you're going to do? Um, and just so you know, I will come and stay with you which is asking a lot um, from me because of that uh, emotional scarring, basically, that she caused where, you know, you've, you've had me as your child your whole entire life, and then you discarded me like a piece of trash. Um, and I thought, you know what? This is bigger than me. This is more than me. I will stay with you. I will take care of you. Uh, let me know what I can do. I cooked meals for my mom. I cooked meals for my dad. I cooked meals for my daughter and her boyfriend. And, you know, spent time with my family that day. Then the next day was the funeral. <clears throat> and I get up that morning and I got the most amazing text message from my husband for the most beautiful message. And I hope and pray that this hits home for someone. I'm going to read it to you. It says, two artists were asked to create original paintings that represented their ideas of peace. One artist painted a beautiful mountain scene. Gorgeous colors, deer in the meadow, a bubbling stream, the absence of conflict. The other artists painted a dark picture of a violent storm, 
that was sending the ocean waves crashing against the face of a cliff. But there, tucked into a nook in the cliff, was a bird resting quietly, its face buried beneath its wing, totally at rest in the middle of the storm. There are two ways that God can answer our prayers when we seek peace. He can remove the storms, as in the first painting, or he can give us peace in the midst of the storms, as in the second. Twice in his relationship with his disciples, Jesus gave them peace during storm. Once he calmed the storm, and that's in Mark uh, 4, verse 35 through 41. And once he came to them in the midst of the waves, and that's in Mark 6, 45 through 52. We are free to ask him to remove the storms of life, but we grow deeper when he leaves us in them and gives us his peace to make it through. And so um, I want you to think about that uh, and how that relates to your life in your everyday being. Because uh, when I talked about fear before and how God does not uh, instill us with fear, we create that sense of fear, whether it's, you know, fear of heights, fear of snakes, fear of, you know, being alone, fear of anything, uh, fear of sickness, fear of COVID, fear of whatever. That is stuff that we create. And so those are storms a lot of times that we create within ourselves, that emotional storm, that emotional trauma. He sent me that message and I swear it felt like God just slapped me upside the head and said, look at your life. Look at what you've gone through lately. Your worry and your emotional upheaval has caused a storm in your life. If you remember to just believe and be the person that I created you to be, all will be well. So a sense of calm hit me that morning before the funeral and I wasn't worried um, about my ex-husband. I wasn't worried if, you know, people didn't want me there. The whole nine yards, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I have the strength of, a, of an ox and I'm going to be there to support my daughter and I can do this. And so... We drove to the funeral, and we were at the family uh, gathering, which was three hours before public uh, gathering took place. And the only person there um, was my ex-husband's brother and his wife. And so um, we went in, and he looked very surprised to see me and I went up and I instantly started talking to him and it was almost as if God sent me to be there because he just started talking 
and telling stories and letting the pain and the trauma and everything that he was going through um, with the death of his grandmother just melt away as he's talking to me. And he got very, very teary eyed. And he hugged me and said, you have no idea how happy I am to see you and how much it means to me that you were here. And so through all of the turmoil and the uncertainty and the storms that I was putting myself through, I was also being pushed on the waves toward serving a purpose. I was there basically as a therapeutic agent for somebody else who needed me to be there, not just my daughter, but for him. And as the conversations took place uh, between him and his wife, I found out that they did not want my ex-husband there either. Um, my ex-husband had assaulted his grandmother, and so she didn't want him at her funeral. The family didn't want him at the funeral. And so all of these uh, roadblocks and emotions and trauma that I was reliving and putting myself through was unnecessary because God calmed that storm. My ex-husband did not show up. There was peace. There was tranquility. There were mended relationships um, with his family. And it's so important to understand that no matter what happens in life, we are strong. We are equipped with, you know, the, the grace, the mercy, the kindness, the love, the patience, um, all of the things that God shows to us. We have that ability inside of us to use that during storms to calm the storm and to work toward our purpose of serving other people. And so I, the most beautiful thing, um, it's a verse in Joshua, it's 1, uh, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And people, I want you to know, that this is so true. And even coming from someone who believes wholeheartedly, even I need to be humbled at times to remember these things. That because I gave my life to Christ, I have the ability inside of me to live through him and to show you know, all of these things toward other people, even when things are definitely going wrong in my life, because this, this has been 
um, a very traumatic, uh, emotionally traumatizing time. Because like I said, it brought up, you know, old emotions and the worry about everyone else. Like, how am I, why am I failing? Why am I not serving all these other people? Why am I not being the best friend I could be? Why am I not being, you know, responsive to people in the, in the podcast community? Or why am I not being, you know, there as much as I should for my husband or my friends or, you know, whatever, like my mind and my thoughts were so scattered that it was hard for me to, to be like the whole person that I normally am, uh, which was very hard on me. Uh, I struggled emotionally and I'm not one for, I don't have depression or anxiety or, you know, anything like that, but it, it hit me. It ran over me like a Mack truck because I felt like I was such a failure and letting so many people down and not being that, you know, strong oak tree that I usually am for other people. And I know there's people out there listening that are exactly like that, that you literally are the the rock, the heart and soul of your family. And you are there for your friends and you're there for everyone else. And so when something happens to you, you feel like your world is collapsing or, you know, falling apart or, or whatever. But just know this. I pray for my listeners, my family, my friends. I pray for you guys literally all the time. You may not even know it. You know, I may see something that somebody post or says or overhear somebody talking about and that immediately enters my prayers. Um, I am with you all the time and I need people to know that when you need strength, when you feel weak, I'm here. I am here literally all the time and if I tell you to talk to me, to call me, to get a hold of me, to email me, whatever. I honest to God mean it because we are not meant to struggle. We're not meant to go through life alone. We're not meant to feel uh, like we're less than um, or like no one cares. And so these are all such important important message um, through this whole situation. And, and I am telling you what, I have learned again so much during all of this thing, all of these struggles and trials. And trust me, there's, there's more to come. Um, there's more to this story, but you know, I, when I get these messages, I, I need to tell you, I need to get them out. Um, so a lot of people that, that listen to this, I know you struggle with depression, anxiety, all of these emotions that we just talked about. Here's a verse for you. 
It's from Philippians uh, 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know, this is not a joke. Um, because, like I said, when I was driving in the car the first time, or the second time, um, to go to Indiana to, to face the second round of things, um, I just said, I am so thankful for you, and I love you so much, but I can't, I can't handle anymore. I'm gonna lay my problems at your feet, and I need help, because I... I'm a weak person right now, and I cannot take any more. And, you know, like I said, that that emotional cleansing took place. Um, and even though, you know, after that happened and after I got my good cry out, and I felt so at peace and so at calm and my emotions stopped raging and, you know, I had tranquility for a while before I gained strength to call my mom and get more bad news, essentially. And so I know people have heard me say this before about how important it is, especially if you are uh, empathic, to cleanse yourself of those uh, negative emotions and uh, traumas and things and, and fear and the things that we create for ourselves um, in our minds, how important it is to, to get rid of those uh, because that's what keeps us strong. And I did not take my own advice, people, because I was so consumed with creating the storm inside of myself and the worry and the, you know, feeling like a failure and all of those things that I didn't remember the simplest things. Ask for help. Cleanse your emotions because we, we need these things. Um, so, I just want you to know, um, after the second trip, okay, after the funeral and all of that stuff, I came back home. Uh, our friend that was living with us was moving back to California. And so, um, I love you, Bradley. Um, that was going on. And so that was an emotional time for me because uh, I have quite the attachment and uh, I love you dearly. Uh, I know you're going to listen to this. And, and I love you. So that, you know, we were preparing for that. And then I get a call from my daughter again. And my whole world came crashing down again. Uh, she was suicidal. And was wanting to die. 
and uh, I just got the um, message again from God. You're here to serve a purpose. Follow your purpose. Uh, listen to the things that I have laid out for you. Do as you're supposed to do. And so I talked to her for a very long time uh, until I could get her emotionally stable, you know, and relay the message to her as well that God doesn't instill fear in, in us, you know, that we are loved and cherished and honored and that everybody here has a purpose. She's a social worker. And so I had to reiterate to her the importance of knowing your worth, knowing yourself, knowing your purpose, um, letting go of the emotional trauma because she's, she was so worked up about possibly seeing her dad and she was worked up about her great grandma passing away and her other grandma having breast cancer and, and it being, you know, really bad news from what we were originally expecting and, you know, worried about my dad and worried about everything else. And I told her, and this may sound so weird to you, but I told her, I'm like, if you're not comfortable with talking to God, lay your problems at my feet because I am here to help you and to serve you and to serve my family in any capacity that, you know, that I can. And I am strong. And coming out this emotional storm, you know, that that my family has been weathering for <laughs> a month now, uh, over a month now, you know, that that I I have the ability to help you through whatever you need to go through. And so all of these things prepared me emotionally to help my daughter in her time of crisis. And so working through that problem, you know, and not letting that fear creep in, you know, what if, what if she hurts herself? What if, what if, what if, um, not letting that enter my mind and just knowing that whatever it is, that I will face things with her and for her um, that God gave me the grace, mercy, kindness, love, and patience to help other people. And he strengthened me through all of this. And I'll tell you what, we got her to a good place. And then I get a phone call from my dad who has also been jabbed and boosted. 
um, and has had lung cancer in the past. Uh, that he has had pneumonia. They cannot get it to heal. Uh, they cannot get him better. And he is having problems. Uh, his lungs are not functioning properly. Uh, antibiotics aren't working. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Ooh, nothing is going right. And so um, my family is going through some shit right now. Um, and like I said, this is not a, uh, this is not about me. This is not a feel sorry for me, you know, boo-hoo, woe is me thing. This is letting you know that no matter uh, what you are struggling with and what you are going through, uh, that it's not about you, okay? Uh, a lot of times we get very... Uh, selfish in our uh, pursuits in life or our thoughts in life or, you know, why are all of these things happening to me? Why me? Me, me, me. It's all about me. And when we start putting the focus away from us and our self-centeredness and our need to be first and be exceptional and be the primary focus of the whole entire universe and when we move that away to serving our purpose that God has given us um, and putting the focus from us back on him and back on that need to serve um Here's a verse, Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. I will tell you this right here is the motto of my life. And I forgot this. For a very brief period of time until I was slapped back into reality. Stop making it about you, Janet. It's not about you. It's about your purpose to serve others. Your purpose to forgive the relationship with your mother and to be the caretaker that she needs to be the caretaker for your daughter, your father, uh, your friends, all of these people. And so this was my lesson uh, that I needed to know. But some of you also need this message. And that's why this has weighed so heavily on my heart to let you know that it's not about you. You are not the center of the universe. Yes, you're important and yes, you matter, but you darn well be 
better be serving your purpose in life, whatever purpose that may be, um, that is God given to you. Because if not, uh, he will remind you in ways that you do not appreciate. Um, for me, I'm very appreciative that this, not that I'm happy about all of this situation, but um, I am very appreciative that he reminded me of who I am, what my purpose is, and what my uh, basically life goal is, and that is to uh, be here for everyone else, that I am uh, a humble servant of God and to others. And I will continue to to do so and be so. And I just want you to know, um, I love you so much, each and every one of you that listen. And I hope uh, that the struggles, basically, that I went through and the storm that was uh, placed upon my life, um, is a help to somebody, uh, that you got something out of this. And if you don't know your purpose, I hope you find it. Uh, if you don't know joy in your life, I hope you find that as well. But just remember that through, um, difficult times and through storms in our life and things that are not always uh, sunshine and rainbows that um, we are gifted this life and it's a truly amazing thing to uh, be here to uh, know each other to love one another and uh through random acts of selfless kindness, uh, we can change this place and we can make it a hell of a lot better world for other people. And so just know that if you're ever going through uh, storms of your own, take a moment, take a moment, let your emotions out, ask God for help. Um, if you're not a believer, uh, I understand uh, religion's a, a difficult thing for, for some people. Um, but I pray peace over your life. I pray that each and every one of you is freed from your emotional chains, uh, freed from your addictions. I, I pray uh, joy and peace and calm and loving relationships over your life. And uh, I just want to say I am so honored and so blessed uh, to, to call you all my family. I love you so much, and I'm so appreciative uh, for each and every person that spends time to listen to this. If you feel like this could help somebody, please feel free to share it with them. If you uh, are so moved, like leave a comment, send me a message, uh, whatever you need to do. If you need prayer in your life, if you just need 
someone to talk to. Trust me, I am that person. Um, so anyway, I love you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.